purpose is to be ready, to stay awake, and to be watchful for the return of our beloved Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Recently, one of you dear brothers and sisters, Darren, you asked if I could do a podcast on saying prayers. And as the Lord would have it, this is the next lesson on this College of Prayer booklet that we've been going through together. And so many of you have heard of the Lord's Prayer, probably memorized it. And if you're like me, you could say it while your grocery list is going through your head or if you're thinking about uh, your errands that you have to do for the day. It's become so common to many of us that in many ways it, it easily has lost meaning. So we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer in a different way. And so, Father God, we ask that you would guide us and direct us in each of those listening. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying. Give us hearts to understand. Give us your wisdom and revelation. We pray and help us to to learn and receive what you're saying in this time. And may it change our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's Prayer Pattern. So this is found in the book of Matthew. And if you have your Bibles, please do turn there with me. I'm in the book of Matthew, which is the gospel, of the first book in the New Testament. If you need to look in the table of contents in the front, go ahead and do that. We are in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 9. And we're going to be reading through verse 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we also forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, there was a little part at the beginning, if you notice that I didn't read, it starts with, Pray then like this. Or you could translate that. Pray in this manner. Pray in this way. That's small, but it's significant. That's in the beginning of verse 9, if you see that. This is showing that it's not just a rigid formula of you pray with exactly these words. No, it's, it's a guide it's a pattern to follow that shows us how we can pray. And there's a few beautiful things about this prayer. It's the most foundational prayer ever given. It's given by Jesus Christ himself. He gave this to his disciples. And in a different gospel, in the Gospel of Luke, he gives it to them in response. Luke chapter 11, if you're interested in reading it there. It's in response to the disciples asking him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And if you remember that, we, we covered that in our last episode. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to our last podcast, and you'll hear us talk. Uh, actually, we go through the uh, the rendering or the um, the version of this in the, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. So, But here we read it in the Gospel of Matthew. So... Jesus gives this 
as how to pray and it's a pattern we can use consistently. In fact, it contains every type of prayer that we could pray. And you'll see that in a, in a few minutes here. So we can use it as a model both in our private prayer lives with God on our own and also corporately. Corporately is in in uh, praying with others in public. So there are seven key parts to this model that Jesus gives us. And you can look at it here uh, in your Bible with me. First, it starts with our Father in Heaven. Relationship. All true prayer begins by receiving God's love and recognizing the relationship that we have with Father God through Jesus Christ as his son or daughter. The relationship you have with him as, as his son or daughter. This is a wonderful place. Amazing that God chose this of how to start the prayer. It takes away the religion of it and lets you be in this picture a room, picture coming into a house and you're coming to have to pray, have your prayer time with God and think about a, a, a child, a kid running to their parents house and they get to the door and they come inside and there's their parent there to meet him, him or her. And you can go to a lot of rooms as a child. You can go uh, run to your, the playroom, the toys to play. You could run to the kitchen to get something to eat. Um, but the parent's right there. Your father is right there standing in front of you. And so the father's heart is to, to give us a hug, to love us. And we come and we receive his love. In fact, in every room of the Lord's Prayer, we can receive something from Him because we really don't have anything in ourselves that we don't receive from Him. Everything really comes from Him. So we come to Him as our Father in need of love, in need of relationship to Him first. And we can relate to Him as our Father. And you can stay in this room. You call it a room in a house. You could stay in this room for quite a while. <laughs> just receiving his love um, telling you how much telling him how much you love him and there's a lot that can happen in this room of just between you as as his his father and you as his son or daughter so the second part is hallowed be your name that word hallowed is just an old word that means holy is your name holy means that his name is set apart it's separate it's higher than than any other name. And so all true worship, which worship means something that's worthy, worth, think of the word worth, worthship, something that's worthy of our attention, of our praise, of our adoration. And so true worship is responding appropriately to the name of the Lord, to his name. And in scripture, he reveals himself as the great I am. He he was, he is, and he is to come. He is the I am. And that is his, is his most awesome name. It seems that he, he revealed himself to Moses as that. Within that awesome name, the great I am, the I am is many, many, many names. He has many names. It's, he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the great shepherd. He is the Savior. 
He is the provider. He is the sovereign. He is the most high God. And you could go on and on. He's, he's the, the uh, all-powerful God, the all-knowing God. He is the God who sees. He sees us. Um, there is, if you look in scripture, there's a treasure of all kinds of different names you can find, how God reveals himself. So true prayer responds to the revelation of the glory of God's name. And so it's appropriate for us to declare the value of his name. And so we can emphasize the names that are the names of God that are particular to our situation. And so if you're in a situation perhaps where you're praying for salvation, you can call upon him as the God who saves, our the Savior, Jesus Christ our Savior. You can call upon him as the God who provides, the God who heals, the God who delivers. If someone's in an addiction, he, he delivers from addictions. But we must keep in mind that when we lift up his name, we're not primarily doing that. We're not trying to get something from him. Although he does provide, he does save, he does heal. But we are, before we ask of him anything of him, we are just lifting up his name, who he is. We're saying that he's worthy for just because he is. He is all these things. He is uh, all these attributes that his names reveal about himself. And so when I said earlier about uh, the names that are particular to our situation, we do that because we we have needs, right? But before we make those needs known, we want to just lift him up because he's worthy. He's always worthy. His name is holy. And so that's the second room, is worship, is is hallowing his name, is exalting his name. So the third room is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we call for the advancement of his kingdom, his his rulership and reign on the earth. So whatever is true in heaven, we ask for it to become true in whatever particular circumstances here on earth. And within his kingdom is many things. It's salvation, being saved from sin, which in, which needs to include repentance, having a change of mind, a change of thinking, to turn away from sin and, and those bad things and to turn to God. It can be, it says in Romans fourteen seventeen, that the kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So doing what's right according to his word, having the peace that he gives where there's no more enmity, no more strife between us and God, no more strife between us and people around us, the wholeness and completeness that comes from being at peace and joy, the the awareness of his grace, the rejoicing in his favor his Holy Spirit is the one, his person, his spirit, his Holy Spirit brings the kingdom of God. So when we ask for his Holy Spirit to come fill us, to come help us, his spirit brings the kingdom. 
So his kingdom coming on earth is to bring realities of what his will is to be done here on earth. And that's possible because we pray in his name. And Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, that it would be done for us. And that's things that are, if, if we're asking in his name, it needs to be something that's according to his will, which and we can find what his will is in the word of God in, in, in the Bible. Um, and that's a big topic as far as um, what those are, but you will find them when you read, especially in the New Testament, you can find when it says, it is not God's will that any should perish. It is not God's will that any of these little ones uh, should perish when he's talking about little children. You can find God's will in Scripture and how you can pray. And then we ask for that His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, so if you have any questions uh, on these things, please let me know and we can, can go deeper into one of these rooms. But for now, we're going to move on to give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. There are two basic needs a child has food and forgiveness and your your god our god my god he it says here in the book that he he brings in the groceries and takes out the of the garbage or the trash and that's one way of looking at it we need daily bread and he knows it says further on in matthew here chapter six that he knows our needs even before we ask him we're living by faith that he will provide for us each day. I like to think of when we, we ask for our daily bread, we are also asking for spiritual bread, uh, physical food, and we need a spiritual food of his word. And then forgive us our debts. We ask for forgiveness because, in the next part, as we also have forgiven our debtors, we can forgive other people around us because of the forgiveness that we've received from Christ. So we can extend that and turn to others. So far we've looked at our relationship with God as Father. We've looked at worshiping his name, lifting up his name, exalting his name. We've looked at his kingdom coming as will being done, his lordship, and then asking for our daily bread and for forgiveness of sin. That would be sonship or being his son or daughter and our relationship to him and our daily needs that way and then fellowship that we would have fellowship with others who we could be forgive we're in good standing good relationship with others around us because we forgive them things that they had done wrong to us and so the next part here lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one the two greatest enemies that we face are our sin, which includes fighting our, our old man, our flesh, the part of us that wants to sin and do what's wrong, and Satan. And so we're asking God not to lead us into places. Of course, the scripture says that God does not tempt people to do what's wrong, to sin. But we're asking him, so we're asking him to lead us in a place where we won't won't be tempted not, not in a place that we are, we'd be vulnerable to fall to sin and we I believe we know this is his will for us the scripture says 
No temptation has seized us except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not allow us to be tempted above what we can bear, but he will He will give us a way of escape so that we can stand up under it when we are tempted. And so this part of the Lord's Prayer, it gives us uh, something to pray for both uh, against both these enemies, sin and Satan, to not only lead us not into temptation in a place where we would not be tempted, but also to protect us or deliver us from the evil one. So now the last part is a beautiful part of the Lord's Prayer. And it says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This brings us to ownership. You see, everything that we've received from God really belongs to him ultimately it was all his in the first place and we receive it from him and then we give it back to him we give him back the ownership we're giving him back the credit you could say <laughs> that it's his it's his kingdom it that's coming to earth it's his power that's working in us and through us around us to others it's his glory being manifested and so what a beautiful way to end the prayer. Christ's ownership over all things. I encourage you, if you are listening to this, even if you're, even if you're listening to this on your own, it'd be easier if we were in a group, but just even on your own, if you finish listening to this recording, take some time and talk to the Lord, or take, go to, and go to your journal, write some things down. Ask yourself some questions. What have you just learned that you didn't learn before? Or what are several things you've learned about the Lord's Prayer pattern? And which of the seven parts of the pattern have you been spending the most time utilizing? You could call them rooms. I like to use the word rooms uh, because there's parts where in my own life I realized as I was introduced to this teaching that I would spend a lot of time on asking for forgiveness and looking for sins to confess. And my priorities were out of alignment, were in the wrong order. As you can see here, asking for forgiveness from sin, it comes down fourth on the list. And so our relationship with God as our Father, that came first. And then, then comes worship, lifting up his name. And then comes asking for his kingdom to come, his will to be done. So... The confession of sin doesn't come until the fourth room. It really is very freeing to see the priority that God gives in these elements of prayer. And so take the time, like I'd done in the past, to ask yourself, where am I spending my time when I pray? And ask the Holy Spirit, where would you like me to spend more time? If you have any questions, I would be so glad if you would email me. My email address is on the, the main page there for the, the podcast. You'll see in my description. I think I have it as one of the first things. Uh, if you can't see it right away, click on that, on that box with the description of the podcast. And I would be glad to, or even if you have any comments or thoughts or ideas, or even for future 
episodes that you'd like to hear topics on, I would uh, warmly, gladly welcome your your feedback. So I trust this was a blessing to you. I know this has been a huge blessing in my life to learn the Lord's Prayer pattern and to use it as a guide so that you can pray in your own words whatever fits any of these in any of these rooms you're like a child that can just be free with with your father with with your god in praying on on any of these topics there's almost innumerable more topics than you could count that you could pray about within any of these rooms and they point us to christ and how to pray in a way that brings us back to him and so the lord bless you as you take these take this this passage and may the lord shine his light on uh, what he has for you in this and as you go from here and until we meet next time may the love of god and the perseverance of christ and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you now and forevermore.